This is Brain Fuzz, the art, music, and culture podcast with Joe Camusa and Matthew White. In part two of a two-part conversation, Joe and Matthew explore the importance of writing in the arts. The lines between criticism and artist writings blur. Double agency emerges. Mike Kelly, Donald Judd, and Marilyn Minter are discussed. A future segment is foreshadowed. This is episode 28. reading an essay by uh, Mike Kelly and I've been thinking about the power and the importance of writing in any artistic practice these days I mean let's face it you, no matter what you, you're disciplined you, you really need to be able to write or I think you're, you're or you're screwed um, no matter how good the work is I mean you have to promulgate and get people behind you and by um, writing are you saying you're crafting your artist statement you're- whether it's a statement or you know, a grant proposal, anything. I mean, a web post, web post, a tweet. Yeah, if you're into that, an um, Instagram, Insta- Yeah, every little thing, every a, little a, thing. A title to the work, a mm-hmm. title for a show. I mean, I think it is so important, and it's always that you know, oh, but we're you know we're visual. It's like we're tough. You know, you don't mm-hmm. get that pass. And he had a great line about you know those who possess language have an advantage over those who don't, which is you know kind of stating the obvious there, but. But here's what was interesting about this, because he was writing this at a time where there was a lot of flack for being, like, say, an artist and a critic. You know, like, why are a few... Donald Judd was able to, quote, like, get away with it. Uh, Mike Kelly felt like that he was catching grief. Um, You know, in terms of that, like, well, you know, if you're a visual artist, then your writing's going to be poor. Or if you're a critic and you're making art, your art must suck. And yeah. I, you know, do you think that view is still held? I think there is. I think it's partly human, and then I also think it's part of the territory that people have to be placed in cubbies. And I wish it weren't true, but I've seen it too much to to question it. I, it, 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 I think people have to be put in cubbies, and so I think, yeah, you can't if you, you, they are going to see you as one thing. So it's almost like there's a dominant hand kind of thing. Like you're either like yes. uh, he, it's the artist, and it happens to write or play in a right. band. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's this. You know, we're all guilty of it to a degree, but I think that it is particularly bad in the arts. Yeah, holding you know a dual occupation, uh, which get get out the machine because you know what that really leads to. What double agency. Does it really? Yeah. Are you serious? I'm totally serious. It's a thing. Double agency. Is it really? I, yeah. I, I finally have come to grips with my loathing of the term agency. Now there's double agency. I did not know this. Yeah. Where did, when did this happen? It's been out there for a while, apparently, just lurking under the radar. Double agency. Yeah. Like, so if you're like an artist critic, you've got double agency going. But, uh, and that leads me to another thing, which is always my like round robin spin the bottle of uh, uh, topics, but... Um, Marilyn Minter, the fabulous Marilyn Minter, was in town. And it was a good talk. I mean, she did most of the talking. She's got a, you know, big personality and felt loose off the cuff. But she threw out a couple of gems that I thought, um, and what's pertinent to this was she was talking about that most people, including herself back in the day, um, tend to uh, overlook what comes easy to them or, or, you know, lock it away. 
And I guess to rephrase it, she said like, you know, like embrace your gift. And if there's something that you do, say creatively, and it seems to come easy, like you should probably really focus on that. These are my words, like really like strip mine that because that's your thing, that's your edge. Instead of just thinking like, oh, I don't know. like I don't know, like if I draw, I just like to draw triangles. I'd probably like, yeah, no, but I gotta, I gotta move on to, you know, something else. And I mean, I think there is something to that. Why do we always think it's the next thing? Like, oh, it's not this. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Do, 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 do you see things in your? And the tangent, answer that in a second. The tangent from the Mike Kelly thing was like, obviously, like I, I actually like his writing better than his work. I really Did like. Really? Him. Yeah, because he doesn't write. It's always about him and his life for the most part. You know, it's not like I've read every word the guy's written, but you know, like you get a better sense of the all the ingredients that led up to him making the work that he made, and get a. And I think I have a better understanding of it instead of someone just like describing it. No matter how well educated, you know, the the art historian is. Sometimes, like sometimes after a while, like I don't need the scientific detail of, you know, like the actual in, you know what I mean like when it just gets really dry about how something's made it doesn't tell you what it is so does that make sense yes and let me back up here because now I'm alright I'm thinking about Mike Kelly's work his writing and then I'm thinking about Donald Judd's work and his writing we talked about the David Sally book yeah but like so Judd was doing actual criticism yeah well that's and that's you know? that's the line that I was going to draw is it like okay I can appreciate the writing and I can appreciate the work, but the minute you maybe call it criticism, is that where the tension comes? Like where you say, well, is this, okay, so is this person a critic or is this person an artist? And I don't know that, is the critic line even so blurred now that it doesn't matter? I don't know if it matters. Because you have so many, so many vehicles to communicate that in the past, I mean, you had a yeah. small number of right. critics, right? Right. I think it seemed like they were more... There was, it seemed a more, more importance on the historical record, you know, and I think, you know, a lot, lot of uh, Mike Kelly's reason for writing was to try to change the forced history of, you know, like, this is painting coming out of New York, and these are the accept- acceptable artists that represent... You know, like, and who gets to make those decisions instead of like, why isn't it a more, I mean, we're seeing that now, I think with people realizing like, oh yeah, while abstract expressionism was going on in New York, like what was going on, like throughout South America and Central America art wise, like mm-hmm. it was not just created in a vacuum in New York That's City right. or, yep. um, and, uh, you know, again, I think nowadays that that message can get out. It's not coming out when you had, uh, Clement Greenberg and mm-hmm. Harold Rosenberg, you know, let's face it, that was it. They I'm, had the... How does that distinction change it for you? To go back to your original question, which I even forgot. <laughs> but no, no, no. What we what we said was we said that people in this community, in the arts community, they get yeah, arts it, ecosystem. I think it, you know, I think it does depend on how. Like, I, I'll admit to a certain bias. I think it depends when you come upon the figure, what you know them as like you know if it is like the the artist first and then you find the writing sometimes that can be great uh versus uh lester banks uh-huh. had a band towards the i think it was towards the end of his life but so i'll admit there are times like where what is that where you're like no 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 you are and maybe it depends on how strong their voice is if you're the one that's just blasting 
everybody and everything. And I think if then you're going to jump onto the other side, that it's going to take some time, a very strong personality. I mean, uh, Susan Sontag mm-hmm. wrote mm-hmm. novels. Yep. And this was, this was in the air recently, but uh, somebody read back a quote to her, you know, about how novels were just garbage and all that. And she was like, yeah, I wrote that like 30-something years ago. I was a kid. Like, you can't possibly hold me to that now. Really? And she, you know, like, that's yeah, refreshing. Yeah. And it's, and it's it true. Is. Like, you yeah. know, like if suddenly I wake up tomorrow and, and you know, interpretive dance is my, mm-hmm. uh, then, you know, yeah. no fans aren't going to be too happy. But <laughs> but I'll have new fans. Yeah. Probably Eastern Bloc. They go for that. So that anyway, I don't know. But... Yeah, so I mean, I throw that out. Is, is it okay again to go yeah. back to the original question? Is it the is it that moment when you put the label on someone? This person is a painter. This person is a visual artist. This person is a musician. Can can yeah. can you not just have a bigger umbrella? Maybe I think it's getting to that point. Yeah. I'm getting to that point, and uh, it's funny how it's just certain careers. Like obviously in art talking about the power of writing like I think it's yeah most people have to have another facet actually I think it probably opens up um, makes the practice uh, or the work more understandable or you know you're you, you got more information to play with versus just like staring at a pretty picture see I wonder how much of this to actually call yeah Which to an article that you uh, brought in here in Chelsea, three disappointing art exhibitions and one pleasant surprise. Hyperallergic. It's Patty Johnson. From October 2017. Patty Johnson. And you made a note here. There's a quote in here that says, Repetitiveness is a common problem. And you point out that schools and galleries often want consistency. Does that play a role in what you're saying here? If we don't have that consistency, if the output isn't visual and just visual? Probably, yeah. I mean, like, why David Sally got, you know, another thing. I mean, it seems like his career's ebb and flow. Um, it seemed like all of a sudden there was a bunch of noise, good noise, in this, because he was writing and giving some lectures, you know, and has obviously had shows since, but... Uh, but people, her point though was artists, like she mentions, you know, Motherwell on some of these, uh, and then some other, you know, up and coming. But like once you're known for something, that you need to keep uh, producing that, and or else. And I guess the perils of are did you wind up boring your audience or? But I, you know, and I've had this conversation just in this studio this week with uh, with a neighbor um, about. Um, making different bodies of work. And I'm thinking that should be celebrated um, as it's, a sign it, of right. growth. And, uh-huh. you know, uh, there's that school, like if you've made it once, you can, you know, you can make it again. Versus why is it at some point, it's like declaring a major, like, okay, that's it. I'm just going to make yeah. color field paintings for the yeah. rest of my life. Like, it, it just seems preposterous. I mean, but again, going back to, to get into a, a like, say grad school you know to submit your 20 slides or what have you you know you're you're couched by friends uh, teachers etc that you know yeah put a pretty tight body of work together and you know like 
so if you are multidisciplinary, it's probably you need to pick. Is it going to be mostly sculpture or is it... And if you put one oddball in yeah, there... Yeah, it's kind of like, that's, what's the matter? And I'm thinking, like, that that approach, and again, it gets... I understand the, the um, what do you say, like the cubby uh, type, you know, labels. And I think sounds like schools are trying to maybe get rid of some of these, like the painting departments on the fifth floor. And, yeah, yeah. But, um, but I, it's, you know, it's a great... It's easy to say, you know, probably sitting at a bar over a beer, but like to actually like make that happen and put a curriculum together. But uh, I wonder if art would be more interesting, you know, again, if uh, people weren't so chained to, you know, oh, no, you just get to make drawings or you only use a camera. I mean, like, why wouldn't you use... I think it's, you know, again, I brought this article because um, I kind of was wrestling with you know, whenever you see anything remotely negative and it's just the tone of this. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking, is that the best use of your platform here? And it's just not really skewering, but she, I guess she was saying that there are some A-list artists in New York making middling work. Okay, well, how many people are going to, you know, hit the home run every single time? But is it worth writing about that, or should you write about the stuff that really excited you? And then she does give, you know, she flips it there where she mentions Robert Motherwell, who she's not a fan of. To wit, as I reflected on the shows I've seen above 23rd Street this season, it occurred to me that the most unexpected exhibition wasn't by an art star who failed to perform, but rather one who for once didn't disappoint. Specifically, I'm talking about Robert Motherwell's paintings. Motherwell is an artist whose work I have come to dread due to the ubiquity of unbalanced abstraction in the secondary market. So it was a pleasure, a relief, and a great joy to see a collection of works that actually show off his skill as a painter. Which, you know, I, I'll say that's honest, and, and I want to be annoyed by that line about, like, just because there's a glut of it on the secondary market, or another thing about, you know, how much, you know, abstract expressionism is shoved down our throats in all the museums... But at the same time, like, I know I've said that 6,000 times about bands. Like, oh, my God, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're just, they're my, over. My, or, or, or some art, you know? So it's like, that is kind of refreshing. My concern, though, with criticism like this is, is okay, here's what happens. That's more of, I don't know if that's, criticism to me with a capital C is a little more oh, like, yeah. educated and supportive. That's just like, eh, like, it's kind of boring and my well, feet hurt and I need a latte. No, my thing is, what about the people that... Okay, let's say that this this article, piece of writing, goes on to influence what gets shown in a museum or what gets shown in another gallery. And unfortunately for the people that have not experienced a lot of Motherwell in the secondary market or who haven't been introduced to Motherwell yet, because they're out there. They're called tomorrow's patrons, right? And Maybe. Maybe. That's, what, that, you know, that's, what, that's what bothers me about that. Well, the, the, all right, the premise of this, though, is she's saying there's a particular kind of artist that gets a pass for bad work. Right. So I guess she's, you know, talking about, let's face it, the, uh, uh, you know, the gallery season, so to speak. And just thinking of Chelsea, all those blocks, they need content. And mm-hmm. what are they showing? And they need to sell. Mm-hmm. So what are they showing? And, you know, um, and I'm, you know, trying to imagine what it's like to be at this point where... You know, like there's some mid-career folks that she mentions here, like that pressure. Like if you've had some success on that stage in New York, like how, how do you top that? Um, 
and take chances. And because she, there's another one. Like I left thinking about how much easier it must be to sell work to collectors that looks like what they already know than to try to convince them to take the groundbreaking stuff no one knows they want yet. Like, very well said, and how true. You know, to work, walk into a record store and just buy something sight unseen, mm-hmm. or you know, like mm-hmm. let's face it. I mean. And uh, there's some serious dollars attached to the work that the level she's talking about as well. And so that's back where I get to, you know, she gets into the repetitiveness is a common problem. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, but on, on one hand, is it the market or the gallery saying that? Or is it also people's limitations? Like, hey, it's, it's also the sheer amount of information getting thrown at you day in, day out now. That hasn't happened before. Right. But I just think like it's sometimes that's where it's how do you not bristle that like yeah. I love to read this and then it also makes me nutty because mm-hmm. it just kind of makes me think. But, like, you know, it's like, again, this she seems to be asking like wanting it both ways, like entertain me, tap dance. You know, I want like this full production and, yet, and don't bore me, don't let me down. But otherwise, I'm just going to keep walking, you know, and it's like. I don't know. I mean, anybody that's consistently producing thinking, reflecting, is going to, obviously is going to make some things that don't rise up to the level of some other bench. I don't, I mean, again, it's also If you don't do that, you have to do that. I was reading an, another, I don't have it with me, an essay recently that, that, um, that recalled that idea of the studio being more appropriately thought of as a laboratory. Oh, yeah. And, and it's, it, you know, you, I always come back to that, and, and this is connected intimately with what, what we're discussing here. If you're not making those mistakes, are they and mistakes? if you just, are they well, just no, de- no, you know, detours, do you, you? Uh, just stops along the, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And is it also sometimes five or ten years or more years down the road that suddenly there's a, it's like, oh, wow, this is actually was better than we thought or you know and is it just have have things changed where you know like I have a feeling one of these days I'm really going to like Bitches Brew I still don't care for it not really I think it's I think it's very I like maybe I like parts of it I think it was very indulgent it took some chances there I'd rather listen to a lot of other Miles Davis but I also know like all right, doesn't mean it's not a great record but right I read I read something recently that was was interesting to me is rather you know not just in the studio but in life if you view everything as an experiment you really can't do anything wrong. Yeah, I mean I think it just depends on your you know expectations. If you're, I mean I obviously can continue to make some make some things and some of them are good and some of them aren't. I'm trying to imagine when the stakes are that much higher, I know. you're going to get yeah. top from your label or yeah. you, know, you didn't sell enough widgets and yep. Um, hence like the big star story and so I don't know I think it uh, which leads us to a whole other uh, field uh, to ponder but I mean it's isn't it all about how you really set up your creative life in terms of like how much freedom can you buy yourself and you know, down to like, what type of work do you do? You want to put yourself in the ghetto of just I made this or that, or um, and I mean, it's we all have that choice, and it comes back to how you talk about it, how you write about it, 
that's, I mean, that's the key. Like the people that have been successful at it were just, they didn't take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. And the writing is how you back it up with the substance. One way that we communicate. I I feel that way. Yeah. I think it's pretty hard to hide in that. I mean, I, uh, we're going to have a future segment, uh, (laughs) <laughs> brain fuzz. And not to be snarky yeah. either. Nope, yeah, I mean, nope. And everyone does it. But, yep. you know, we, 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 ja- we joke about the art speak. Um, and yet we certainly engage, use our agency at times. And sometimes our, double agency. Sometimes flaunt our agency. But um, I have been keeping a hall of fame of, uh, of statements. How many do you have in this hall of fame? I, I don't know. I don't have it. I'll get back you to don't... you on that. i got to check with my accountant. My archivist, um, and on a positive note, I've like you know when I read something good, I'll stick it in a folder, or if it's digital, I'll you know just right. times when you need to write something, it's just like oh, how did you know? That's yep. why Mike Kelly comes to mind. But uh, I want to share some of these in a Let's... segment, and uh, you know we'll we'll redact, we'll protect the. Uh, I'm not going to put people's names. No, up absolutely there, not. You know? And nope. it's not like I am, nope. and I am not sitting here as. You know, nope. This I is I don't have some golden statement either. You're talking but, about stuff that you're just pulling off the web, or that I've here, seen, there, you know. It, so it's out there. This is a, not. I've, yeah, it's public domain, or I've been in a gallery and yeah. picked up a nice piece of collateral that has you know the statement, and you're just like, "Are you serious? Uh, is this criticism, or is it just snark?" No, but it's good, a good question. Of, you know, if you were putting this out there, if, if somebody could be doing this right now with mine and go, this guy, look at him. Who does he think he is? Yeah. Um, but I mean, if you're putting it out there, unfortunately, and I'm not saying no, I, that's, I, I you're absolutely it, right, but it's almost like, you're do, absolutely do you right. want to read that diary entry that, you know, like somebody wrote about, oh, you know, that, that could be painful. So at what point does it cross over into criticism? Connect with Joe and Matthew and find out more about this and other episodes at BrainFuzzPodcast.com. On social media, share your thoughts and comments with hashtag BrainFuzzPodcast. Now, go assert your agency.